Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is NBA Today, live from Los Angeles. Coming up on NBA Today, hello Brooklyn. Malika Andrews is live with Nets head coach Steve Nash as training camp is officially underway. Plus, is the sun setting in Phoenix? Who wrote that? We dive into how DeAndre Ayton feels about being back in the Valley. Do not miss that. And it would not be a show if we didn't talk about the Lakers. Is this the season they restore themselves to glory in L.A.? NBA Today starts right now. What's good, everybody? Welcome to NBA Today. I'm your girl, Chineo Gwimike, holding it down in L.A. because Malika Andrews is on the scene in Brooklyn at Brooklyn Nets training camp. What's up, sis? How you doing? Hey, Queen. How are you? I'm good. I know when you're in New Orleans, you had a po' boy. I hope you're finding good food in Brooklyn. Just I hope you are. That's what I'm going to be doing right after this, Chanae, and an iced coffee. That is high on my list. Fantastic. Now, Malika, you were at practice before joining our show. What was your biggest takeaway from being there? Chanae, I would have to say that my biggest takeaway was Ben Simmons' health. We were able to chat with him for a couple of minutes after he finished shooting some free throws, and he said that he feels 100% healthy. He told me that his body is his priority this year. He's changed some things about the way he warms up, his training routine. He's getting massage therapy every single day, and he said that he feels like if Steve Nash were to call on him to play normal minutes, even though he has been out for so long, he could absolutely do that, including playing the five, which is something he said he did a little bit of in Philadelphia, but they could ask him to do a little bit more of here in Brooklyn. But I couldn't be in Brooklyn, Cheney, and not look at Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and their dynamic. They were over in the corner shooting together, getting some shots up, chatting with general manager Sean Marks, and I asked Steve Nash in our one-on-one conversation where their relationship stands now. I want to quote you directly on media day here on Monday's media day. When you talked about Kevin Durant, you said families have issues. We had a moment and it's behind us. And obviously that's in reference to the reports over the summer that Kevin Durant didn't want to come back as long as you and the general manager remained here in Brooklyn. What does moving past that look like? Well, we've moved past it. You know, I mean, we have a history. Um, You know, even when the report was out there, I never felt like it was black and white. Uh, We hadn't spoken. Um, So these things happen. They've happened many times in our league. Uh, People have gotten past it many times as well. And now we move forward and we're excited. And Kevin's been, you know, exceptional, not only in open gym, but in in training camp, the way he's brought his energy, his focus, and his attitude, I think has really rubbed off on the rest of the guys. Was there a specific conversation that you two had to have in order for that to happen? We just had to talk, you know. We talked. He, I heard him out. He heard me out. We cleared the air. Um, and that was it. It wasn't even that long a conversation. You know, I think we, we were able to address the way we were feeling, the space we were in. I think the, the bottom line is we were all hurt. We've gone through so much adversity. And uh, we had high expectations. And then we continually having players getting taken off the table and, and always suboptimal for our playoff chances. And I think it wore us down. And I think everyone in the organization felt it. It manifested itself the way it did. And we've gotten over it. 
someone who is new to this group, even though he joined the team last year, we haven't been able to see him on the floor, is Ben Simmons. And when we were just talking to Ben a couple of minutes ago, he said that he could envision himself playing at center quite a bit for Brooklyn. Is that what you envision? What do you see his role has? Yeah, I mean, I think he's the point guard, but uh, he can be the center defensively for us as well. He can also, you know, be a great screener, can play out of the short role. So Ben's so versatile, you know, he's going to be with, he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. He's going to make plays for his teammates, but there's definitely lineups where he's at the five defensively. Off the court, Kyrie Irving, what do you need to see from him as a teammate to know that he is committed to helping this team with their ultimate goal of winning a championship? Just stay focused on what he does. Uh, he's been great. I mean, he's. Uh, I think he's had another good summer. I think he's uh, come to open gym here in September and been uh, on point. I think his first two days in training camp, he's been exemplary in his, his attitude and effort. Uh, so just making sure we get on the same page, we stay on the same page, and we persevere. Lastly, Steve, winning a championship has been this team's ultimate goal since you got here, since before you even got to Brooklyn. I imagine some of the hurt that you were talking about with Kevin Durant was not living up to those expectations. What needs to be done to fulfill that goal? Well, the first thing is you got to be healthy. You know, the healthy team wins every year, basically. But you also got to make your own luck. So for us, it's just persevering. You know, we've had two seasons full of adversity. Uh, we have to accept that. Uh, we can't let that get us down. We can't let that, uh, you know, make us uh, scared or fray, we have to stay together and stick with it and show that we have the resolve to weather that. Uh, it's going to be difficult. So we have to just put that behind us, continue to have the confidence and uh, perseverance and do that together. Steve, thank you. Chanae, the best way that I can describe what I am seeing and feeling in Brooklyn right now is just an easiness. It feels like folks are relaxed, folks are laughing, folks are chatting with each other and talking with people in the front office, talking with the coaching staff. It's clear that they almost feel a sense of relief. They're not opening up as the Vegas number one odds to win this season. They're taking some of the expectations away so that perhaps this can finally be the year they stay healthy, number one, and get over the hump that has plagued them the last couple of years. Thanks so much, Malika, keep doing your thing out there in Brooklyn, and I will try my best to keep this train on the tracks. You feel me? Okay. <laughs> Let's keep this thing going. ESPN senior reporter Ramona Shelburne is here with me in studio, my Stanford sister. And you know who it is. Perk, get off your phone. It, it's live. It's time. Come on, Perk. We've got Kendrick Perkins in the building. Uh, let, let's stay with Brooklyn, okay? I'm not on my phone. Okay, good. I just want to make sure we're all here and ready, and I love my guy in H-Town. Uh, let's stay with Brooklyn. All signs are really pointing to a healthy Ben Simmons, which is what Malika just said. Perk, if that is indeed the case, you know, what is the best role for Ben Simmons on this team? Well, I think I think Steve Nash described it. I mean, when you when you talk about Ben Simmons being at his best, he's a guy that actually needs the ball in his hands. He's best at being a playmaker. So on the offensive end, he has so many offensive weapons, and now he's playing in the open court and he's playing in space where he's able to be the best version of himself. Defensively, you're looking at one of the best defensive players in the league. A guy that's 6'10", real versatile, could go at one through five, and could play the center position. So it's multiple ways that you could utilize Ben Simmons when it comes down to this Brooklyn Nets offense and defense. So Steve Nash actually got, you know, he could get into his bag, something that we haven't seen before, not with him being the head coach. He could actually dive into his bag because he has a versatile player and Ben Simmons along with the other offensive weapons and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. You're right. I think making sure you're able to play on both sides is very important, offense and defense. Uh, mm -hmm. Ramona, how do you see Ben Simmons being utilized in Brooklyn? 
Paul, listen, Ben Simmons is a brilliant defensive player, and the fact that he's showing a willingness to play at, at the center position gives Steve Nash so many options. And when you think about how Steve Nash wants to play, I don't know that we've seen the Nets able to take on that character that Steve Nash played when he was a, when he was a player when it, for the Phoenix Suns for so much of his career. I don't think we've been able to see him put his stamp on this offense because he simply hasn't had that personnel. There's a, there were moments of it with James Harden was there, but Ben Simmons is an incredible person to have in that role, in that point guard role, especially if they can get out and play in transition. So you know, the fact that he has this willingness to play at the five, that is telling me a lot because up until this has always been brought up with Ben. Is he a point guard? Can he be a, a four or five? The fact that he just willingly is saying that is, is huge. I think the word we heard today was like point center, be able yeah. to initiate the offense, getting rebounds, mm -hmm. but also play the center mm -hmm. position defensively. You heard me, Perk. I love you, man. Uh, still to come on NBA Today, will DeAndre <laughs> Ayton be all in for the Suns after a season full of drama, the offseason? And we will recap how it got to that point. Plus, which teams in the East are on the Outside looking in, our panel takes a look at who could surprise some people this season. And will LeBron and Anthony Davis get the Lakers really back on track, back to the playoffs, back to the glory, as we said earlier? Stick around. NBA Today will be back right after this. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. You're watching NBA Today. Nine-tenths remaining. Crowder will inbound. Crowder looking, throws it. Alley, oh! Aiden puts it down! He puts it down! I'm told that the DeAndre Ayton extension talks have ended wow. without a deal. Everyone got a piece of the pie except for him. DA only played 17 minutes tonight, yep. and so he didn't play most of the fourth quarter. Is there any reason why is he hurt? Or it's internal. We have breaking news. DeAndre Ayton has agreed to a four-year, $133 million maximum offer. And they matched it within minutes. That saved the Suns one year and $40 million. It was bittersweet for Ayton because it makes you feel like, all right, I got my deal, but why didn't they give me the big deal? It can either 
push you or it can break you. And so this is going to be an interesting year for him. You can say that again. This year is off to an interesting start for DeAndre Ayton and the Suns. The big man says he has not spoken to Coach Monty Williams since his Game 7 benching versus the Mavs in the second round of last season's playoffs. Ayton's name was floated in sign-and-trade talks all summer, but ultimately he signed a four-year $133 million offer, and they both spoke to the media yesterday. I haven't spoken to Monty. No, I haven't spoken to him at all, ever since the game. If you could talk to Monty, what would you want to tell him? I can show him better than I can tell him. Nobody really cares about the uncomfortable nature about it. You know, it's how you perform and what you're going to bring to the table. What's set is already set, so I'm here, man. And the only thing I can possibly do is, you know, try my best to help these guys win. I haven't talked to a bunch of our guys. Um, as I said earlier this summer, like, they, they needed a break from me, the gym. Um, Unless you were in the gym like every day, I've had interactions with everybody, but talking to guys about deep stuff, there's a number of guys I haven't talked to. By all accounts, Monty is one of the best coaches in the league, a coach of the year, and he's someone that has definitely been referred to as a player's coach, so it's definitely surprising to see that this has gotten to this point. I'd like to welcome in Anscape's Mark Spears. Mark, starting with you, how did we get here? Whew. Where do I start? Let's start with the contract, right? I mean, I think uh, DeAndre Ayton felt like, do you really want me? You know, the Nets, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the Suns did not sign him to the five-year deal. That cost him one year and $40 million. And so that, that certainly is something that caused the ire of him. I was told that it was Robert Sarver mm -hmm. who didn't want to give him that fifth year, who wanted to save the money. And so uh, there's that part. And then obviously the game seven, the way the Sun season ended, there was a lot of embarrassment on his side. Uh, there was a, you know, verbal dealing with him and Monty that obviously that they haven't got on the same page with. But after that game seven, DeAndre Ayton went to Santa Barbara to P3. He worked out for a month and he decided to just get real, real serious about the game of basketball on a different level. He's in great shape, and he wants people to think about that series he had against the Pelicans, how he's shown that he could be a featured player with the Suns. And so when he said to, about Monty, hey, like, I'm going to show him, I think he wants to show that he's an all-star, <laughs> that he could be the number two at times when needed, the number one option offensively, and uh, Smiley, Jokey, DA, I think he's gone. This is a business to him now. And I think he's coming in with a really serious uh, mentality to be a force with the Suns. You know, Mark, you said something really important there, which is who DeAndre Ayton in his mind attributes the idea that they, he didn't get that max contract to. Does he blame Robert Sarver? Does he blame that front office? Does he blame Monty Williams? And, and my understanding from talking to people close to DeAndre is that the, he thinks this was Robert Sarver's decision as well. And Robert Sarver's not going to be the owner anymore. So there is some healing that can happen there. But I know, as you said, Mark, there were some hurt feelings over that contract and how that played out. If they were going to instantly match an offer sheet that he signed, why not just give him the max contract? Why not? I mean, I, yeah. 
yes, it saved him a year and $40 million, but as somebody close to DeAndre told me, you know, if, if, there's, a, there's a karma to this. If you, why, why do that to your player, your number one overall pick, this guy that you drafted and developed, and then you put him through that, and it, the message he's hearing is, we don't really believe in you. Now, if he blames Robert Sarver for that and Sarver is not there anymore, then I think there's an opportunity for healing. But if he has some lingering resentment towards the front office or Monty Williams, then that's those are things he'll have to heal. And Ramona, these are the conversations you don't want outward, you know, coming out of your organization when it comes to DeAndre and saying you're not paying a guy who had a stellar season. Yep. Kirk, what are your thoughts on this situation? Well, I mean, look, I'm glad DeAndre Ayton is approaching this as a business because that's exactly what it is. And when, you, when you're talking about a contract or a big, large amount of money for as a contract extension, you're going to go through that, okay? But here's the problem that I have, and it's not with DeAndre Ayton. It's with Monty Williams, and I love Monty Williams. Monty Williams is a big brother in the NBA. Monty mm -hmm. Williams is a mentor in the NBA, along with being the head coach of the Phoenix Suns. We always praise him about his leadership, and rightfully so. DeAndre Ayton is the number, was the number one pick. DeAndre Ayton is 24 years of age. He haven't even scratched the surface of his prime. Yes, he may need a little guidance, but the one thing that we can't knock about DeAndre Ayton is his productivity throughout the course of his career. He's gotten better every single year. And to ask a guy, right, I know you want more, and I know people preach lose yourself in the team and you want to win the championship. But when you have a young guy that has the talent of a DeAndre Ayton, you got to expect that he's going to want more individually, and he should. He was the number one pick. Yes, he's going to want to make all-star games like Devin Booker. Yes, he's going to want to make all-NBA teams. Hell, one year he might want to win the MVP, and that's okay. But this falls on the shoulders of Monty Williams because for the simple fact, I need him to be more of a mentor. I need him to put his pride aside. And I listen to Monty say on the interview, hell, I haven't talked to a lot of our players. Well, DeAndre Ayton is not a lot of your players. He's mm -hmm. your number one pick uh, four or five years ago. You have to reach out to him. Embrace the young fella, put him under your wing, and show him some guidance, and then y'all build from there. Because this guy's future is really, really bright. And when I say bright, I mean 20 and 10 a night. He's already proven that he's a walking double-double and shooting a high percentage from the field. This is on money to get this right. And we all know Perk loves a big man balling, and that's exactly what he was doing last season. <laughs> yep. But you're mm -hmm. right. You know, when it comes to Monty Williams, he shows leadership. I think DA showed a lot of professionalism last year. So they just got to meet in the middle because they have championship aspirations. Now, he's not the only some mm -hmm. player that was a little feeling some type of way. If you've got a social media, you've seen in a social media, yeah, if you got Twitter, you got Instagram, you got Snapchat, you've seen that Suns for Jay Crowder be outward and expressive about wanting out of Phoenix. The Suns have let him know that they're working on finding a trade for him, but in the meantime, they have granted him to be excused from training camp. Now, he averaged 9.4 or so points per game and five boards, and I think a lot of people hear that, and they're like, oh, that's not doing enough to be productive. He's one of those I got that dog in me type of players. Yeah. So how about this? Starting with you, Ramona, what do you think about this situation? Well, this has been ongoing for a number of months. It just became public now because Jay Crowder didn't want to report to camp, but he had requested a trade and they had been trying to find a trade for him for months. They just couldn't find one that was to their liking. And I know they were close on a couple of things, but they didn't come together. 
I thought it was interesting to, that he went public with this and that this has now uh, become, when, when you go on social media and you, and you say how you're feeling, you can't really take it back. There's no delete function on Twitter, right? And so I well, think that is, actually... You still got the receipt. <laughs> if, you, uh, if you go and, and, and say this now, I actually think if the end goal is to get traded, this didn't help. Right? It would have been easier for them to find a trade for him mm -hmm. if he didn't make this public. But here we are. Perk, as a former player in the NBA, how do you see Jay Crowder handling this difficult position he's in? Well, it's hard. It's hard. And, and But this is part of it. Look, I played 14 years in the NBA, and I was a role player all 14 mm -hmm. years, and that's okay. And this is what's going to happen when you are a role player. Yeah. When you're not that dude, your spot is you're replaceable at any given time, especially when you have an up-and-coming young stud like Cam Johnson. Here's the thing with Jay Crowder. He has to realize this, okay? At the end of the day, he's not Chris Paul, he's not Devin Booker. And then I don't Jay Crowder is wiser than this. This is my guy too. It's not who start the game. It's not about your starting minutes. It's about who finished the game. So he's in a perfect situation. He's on a team that's gonna be contending for a title. I think he has to take a step back. We all as role players have been through it where you have to put your pride aside and say, hey. I have to take a lesser role. This is what it is, and he has to accept that. Mark, your thoughts? Well, Perk was right on it, man. Yep. And, and, like, look, shout out to Jay Crowder's social media team. Wow, that's that's impressive what they did. And uh, But the one of the words <laughs> that uh, he put on Instagram that Jay stood out to me was, one must seek work where he is wanted. And I think it's the – being involved with trade rumors, Cam Johnson starting. And look, they're about to invest in Cam Johnson. They're about to give him yeah. money. This young kid is nice. He, he's a bucket, right? And so I get it. And that, that's part of the evolution of the NBA. Uh, you're going to have to change your role. And I, I don't know if being on the sideline uh, helps anything. But, you know, Jay Crowder does have a long resume. We know what he brings to the table. The tough thing, though, is mm -hmm. when you start the season, these GMs know what their roster is. They've been working on this. And Perk knows this. They typically don't want to make changes until January. So it could be a little difficult for him to get the trade that he wants when, at this point, GMs are pretty happy with their roster and want to see what they put together play out. Typically, when I see Mark Spears, it's in the Bay, and I feel like the best answer came from Draymond Green when he was talking to kids at basketball camp. He was like, usually on NBA teams, you got two players that can do whatever they want, and then everyone else is a role That's player. Right. Get in line. Yeah. I feel like this is one of those yeah. situations. Thank you so much, Mark. We'll see you mm -hmm. soon. Now, coming up more on NBA Today with 20 days until tip-off, our panel on what we can realistically expect realistically from the Lakers this year plus live reaction from New Orleans as Zion Williamson continues to ramp up for the regular season how dangerous can the Pelicans be and the champs have arrived in Japan ahead of their preseason games against the Wizards keep it locked it's your girl grab a snack come on back NBA today will be right back Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, 
We know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm a competitor, so when I'm on the court, I'm not thinking about, let me lay this ball in. No, I'm thinking about putting that person through the rim. through the rim man I miss seeing that version of Zion Williamson but the wait is almost over and for more on that we are joined by Pelicans reporter Andrew Lopez now Andrew you were on the show yesterday and said that last night was going to be speaking in the context of yesterday the first time Zion would be able to put his full skills on display now how did it go well, unfortunately, the media wasn't there, but we, uh, I think he did maybe put a couple of people through the rim last night. Uh, so we weren't there. We did talk to his coaches and teammates today, though, about how it went. I got to be honest with you. Dude looks good, and, and uh, you know, it's going to take everybody time to adjust to him. It's going to take him time to adjust to everybody, but we're, uh, I mean, it's hard not to be impressed. That's my first time actually seeing him, you know, in uniform and playing, so... It didn't look like he'd been out of the game, so I'll tell you that much. Strong. Very, very strong. And also ready to play. I will say that. But, uh, yeah, that's all I have to say. He looked amazing. His strength, his speed. He, you know, he dominated the, the, the scrimmage pretty much. He didn't even realize it, but in the locker room, you know, talking about it afterwards, I was like, did you know, like, you didn't even miss a shot? And, you know, it was the first time. He didn't even realize it until I pointed out, but... No, he, uh, he didn't miss a shot. He looks like the same wrecking ball we all know and love. So, so the other thing, uh, well, we didn't get to see it last night. The media will get their first chance to see Zion on Saturday at an open practice at the Smoothie King Center. But I did ask Trey Murphy, Pelicans forward, was there a moment last night when you kind of felt that, okay, this is he's back for real? And he said it was. He says during the scrimmage, Najee Marshall, Pelicans forward, had the unfortunate task of having to guard Zion last night. And Trey said he's trying to make a rotation. He gets just into the lane. And Zion knocked Najee so far back that he knocked Najee into Trey Murphy and knocked Trey out of the lane. He's like, he's pushing one dude and shoving another guy out of the lane. I think he's back, guys. Great Deboed him. Now in commercial break, you said the vibes were vibing. Well, everything seems like they're going well in NOLA. Thank you so much, Andrew. And uh, speaking of which, when Zion's been healthy, he's been one of the most efficient players in the game. In fact, back in 2021, he became the only player in NBA history to average 27 points per game on 60% from the field. Super impressive. So we are back here with Ramona and Perk. Okay, y'all, if everything goes right for Zion and he is healthy and available, Perk, where does he stand as a player in the league? 
I mean, you're talking about a first-team all-NBA caliber player. We have to remember, before Zion went out because of injuries, this man was dominating. This man, this young stud was box office. I expect him to be in the all-star game this year. I expect him to make a lot of noise. I expect him to average around 24, 25 points, 12 rebounds a night this season. Look, he looks in phenomenal shape. He's been out for uh, an entire season almost. He had his time to over the offseason to get his mind right. And guess what? He got his lettuce. Now that he <laughs> secured the bag, there's nothing left for else, nothing left for him to do but go out there and hoop. And again, he got the pieces around him. That puts a smile on your face, uh, Ramona. I mean, I think All-Star is where he mm-hmm. – that's where you think about him this year. All-NBA, he definitely has that ability, but that's a crowded field there in the All-NBA team, especially that forward position right now. Um, maybe he can nudge Pascal Siakam out of that spot, but th- that's already a crowded field because there's only six forwards that can make it. The thing with Zion, though, is he just needs to stay healthy. Don't worry about what awards you get, what All-Star games you make, what, what if you get in the dunk contest. He just needs to get out there because when you put those stats up there again, 60% from the field for this young man. And he's three assists mm. a game, 27 points a game. I mean, if he's just out there, he's a difference maker, especially when they used him in that sort of point forward role. He really distributes the ball well. He really sees the court exceptionally well. And I think if he can improve, just be out there and then stay and be out there and stay on the court and then improve on the defensive end of the court, the Pelicans, the sky is the limit for them. I agree because look at that, 27 points Woo. per game, 60% from the field. This is a team that went to the play-in, to the playoffs, and then you think about Zion. If he's available, he should be in the conversation if they're a playoff team to hopefully, maybe in a year or two, yeah. but maybe this is a year that he becomes all NBA. That's a good goal for him instead of like the highlights and all those dunks, all that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, if Zion is able to get to that <laughs> level, what is the ceiling for the Pelicans this year, Perk? You know what? I think the conference finals. We have to remember, they were game seven away from beating the Phoenix Suns, and they wasn't even healthy. Now this team has experience. We watched the emergence of Brandon Ingram. We watched what C.J. McCullen did for the team, and we watched Jose, 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 Jose (laughs) come in and do his thing, right? Putting, picking up 94 feet. They have the pieces. They have perimeter defense. And look, let's not leave this out. When it comes down to Coach Willie Green, right, he's one of the best young coaches in the game right now. He has the respect of that locker room. They have big Valentunas down there, a walking double, 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 a walking double, double that's banging down low. This team could sneak up and be in the conference finals this year, especially in the West. Well, they really have to get into a place where they can get into the place where they don't have to play so hard just to get into the play-in like they did last year. Mm-hmm. I think they kind of run out of gas because of how hard they had to work just to get into the play-in. And that comes down to health. I mean, that's Zion's health. That's Brandon Ingram's health. That's, you know, getting C.J. McCollum, Larry Nance, those are huge pickups for them just in terms of the veteran quality that they need in that locker room. But, but it all comes down to health for them. I've- I feel like I'm officially banned from talking about the Pelicans because apparently it becomes coffee beans and eggs and carrots. So I'll just say that I'm very very optimistic about the Pelicans this season and their leaders, uh, you Mm -hmm. know, with C.J. McCollum and Zion Williamson. Now, still to come on NBA Today, we are officially 20 days away from opening day. Our panel will take a deep dive into the Eastern Conference. That's next.
Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Rondo sets it up. Here's Allen with a deep three. Yes! Allen Houston. Houston ducks under. Got it! Welcome back to NBA Today. I'm your girl, Chineo Gwimike, filling in for Malika Andrews. And we are just 20 days away from the start of the regular season. So what better time to take some stock on teams and see if they will improve on how they finished last season. This should be fun. Here's how the East unfolded last year. Top six teams made the playoffs automatically. Seven through ten were in the play-in tournament. And the Knicks, Wizards, Pacers, Pistons, and Magic were in the bottom five. Aww. So I want to play a little game with Ramon. Mona and Perk using some insight from our front office insider, Bobby Marks, who is currently in Florida and in the path of Hurricane Ian. So we are wishing he and his family and all those impacted by the storm well. Bobby has a comprehensive article on ESPN.com on training camps that preview how teams will finish this season. So I want to use Bobby's predictions and ask both of you if his prediction is too high, too low, or just right. Little so, but, 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 hold, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This is the caveat, though. <laughs> I'm putting 24 seconds oh. on the shot clock. Can we do this? Can, are we good? Can we, can we do this, guys? I don't know. I talk a lot. <laughs> I mean, let's see. I think Park might hit it, but he always is preaching, so we'll, we'll be accepted. We'll be accepted. Let's start yeah. with the heat here. Yeah, the gospel will be said. Amen, sir. Here's how Bobby outlined the heat. He projected <laughs> them at 46 wins and being a top six team in the East, possibly falling to the play-in range. There were some questions for them on Jimmy Butler's durability playing the four, what Kyle Lowry can bring, and if no extension for Tyler Hero will be a distraction. So, Perk, starting with you first, is that too high, too mm-hmm. low, or just right? You know what I think is just right <laughs> for the simple fact, when you look at the Miami Heat, let me explain why. You can't count them out, but the East is so stacked that it's a lot of teams that are really better than them. I wouldn't say just right. I would say really that's kind of just high, to be honest with you. I don't think the Heat could it could compare to the top couple teams that I have picked above them. The Milwaukee Bucks, the Boston Celtics. I got the Philadelphia. Dang. I know, yeah. right? 76ers. I, I know. I- 
Finish like, up. I'll give you a little overtime. That was like hurt. 14 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> that was nah, go ahead. But I, I just, I think that's too high for the Miami Heat. And I love them goons from Dade County and they're exposed to, but that's too high. The East we is know too you low. Do. Listen, Even though they finished number one, Ramona. Yeah, East. top six in the East last year. There were seven games that separated the top six in the East from, from one to six. So that's, that they're tightly bunched together. The Miami Heat, though, they're never the favorite, but they always seem to be there. They've been in the top six in the East three out of the past ten years. Only missed the top six, the top six in the East three times in the past ten years. They're always in it. And they may not, last year I think they finished first, and we all were like, how did the Heat finish first? We never were giving them enough credit except for Perk. You will, you always were a Heat guy, so. Mm-hmm. We'll I know the answer, right and it's one word. Actually, two words. Yeah. Heat culture. Okay. Oh, I know. Uh, uh, mo- moving yeah. on to one of my favorite teams, the Toronto Raptors. Bobby Marks outlined them as a top six team in the East at 46 wins, saying that they have one mm-hmm. of the best starting lineups in the league. You heard me, best starting lineups in the league. And having the best front court in the NBA with Seattle. Jackham, Anunobi, and Scotty Barnes. The backcourt is a concern as well as those starters really played heavy minutes last season. So Ramona, will they start, you know, when they when they start the season, will this be too high of a projection, too low, or is this just right? Well, my question is, is, is that starting lineup, is this team that we see for the Raptors going to be the same team at the end of the season? As we know, when Kevin Durant requested a trade, the first team that everybody thought of that has the assets to pull off a big deal would be the Toronto Raptors. So if there's a star that moves in the middle of the year. Toronto has definitely shown an appetite for getting involved in those conversations and, and definitely has the, the pieces to get it done. I always That's another team. Always there. Nick Nurse always has his guys in it. So I think that's just about right. Big Perk, uh, what did you think when Bobby Mark said that they have the best front court in the East, the Raptors? I think Bobby was tripping. And here's why. Look. We have to realize what the Cleveland Cavaliers have over there with Jer- and Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, I don't know if it's a better defensive tandem. And Evan Mobley, with his versatility, I mean, when I got high big things for this kid, I expect big things out of him. No disrespect to Scotty Barnes. I actually picked him to win rookie of the year. But those two, those two trees and monsters down there in Cleveland are a defensive problem for anybody. Maybe we should have put like an asterisk best collective backcourt because when you've got Giannis Antetokounmpo, when you got Joel Embiid, and you got that Cleveland Cavalier front court, I feel like that that competition is stacked. Okay, now they, these are some of Bobby's mm-hmm. Eastern Conference projections. Now the Atlanta Hawks, they have their own too. It was so cute. Check this out: Dejounte Murray, Trey Young, John Collins, and DeAndre Hunter. Uh, DeAndre Hunter all have goals of bringing championships to the ATL. Clint Capella, on the other hand, look what he did. He has his sights on first team all defense and the Eastern Conference Finals. Oh, that's hilarious. Do you see that, Ramona? Yeah. You see how like everyone's like championship, win championship, championship win. And he's like, hold up, let me get these motivations. So based on this, Ramona, <laughs> is this too high, too low, or just right for the Hawks? Well, look, I mean, they were one of the most disappointing teams last year. So you could look at that and say, there's only, you can only go up from there. I mean, they, they went to the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago and then finished 10th last year. So they making that trade for DeJounte Murray, the expectations are definitely higher for them and they need to deliver. Perk? It's about business. It's just right. You know why? Clint Capella is about getting his money. He has contract incentives that if he reached the conference finals and the all-defensive team, he get a bigger bag. So it's just right. That's what I'm talking about, Clint. Think about the team goals and think about yourself at the same time. 
You're right. We've been in the East, and we can't play this game without thinking about the Los Angeles Lakers. I mean, in yeah, I mean, our yes, city. We could. I mean, we could, but you know that won't be right for us, okay? <laughs> Bobby outlined the Lakers projecting them to 43 wins and in that 7 through 10 playing range. Bobby's concerns were buy-in from the veterans, which I think they sort of improved on. If AD can get back to an all-NBA level, and that's largely determined on health, and that it's a guard-heavy roster with 11 expiring deals. So, starting with you, Ramona, is that too high for wins, too low, or is it just right? That's just right, and that is talking about a play-in team. Say that again, a play-in team, Los Angeles Lakers, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Now, I personally think if they stay healthy, they can they can have a better year, but there are a lot of question marks on this team. No, Brian Windhorst has always talked about their shooting. Um, they have a lot of veterans that are on one-year deals, not always great for team building when guys are thinking about where they're going to get their next contract. But Darvin Ham is emphasizing defense. That's uh, a good place to start. Where's the buzzer? That was pretty smooth, though. That was pretty smooth. Uh, Perk, what do you think about L.A.? Yeah. That, that's too low and it's disrespectful. The Lakers are going to be in the playoffs this year. And, the, so, and one of the main reasons I'm saying that is because of Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis this season is going to remind the world of who the hell he is. And this is why I have him picked as my MVP front runner wow. right now, MVP winner, early prediction. Because I believe Anthony Davis is going to show why his name should be mentioned in the conversation with Giannis Antetokounmpo again. Oh, I, I like that. I know that comparison got people going a couple years ago. I, I like did that, that a few years ago, Perk. <laughs> Made him the MVP mm -hmm. favorite. I'm on old takes exposed now. Yeah. Oh, it's okay, though. We're being optimistic. It's preseason. It's preseason. And that's not the only aspect of the Lakers that we will be watching. Yeah. Hulu's 10-part series, Legacy, the true story of the L.A. Lakers, is streaming now with new episodes released every Monday. I hear there is some stuff coming Ooh. up. Oh, and you know that's true. When I have been told episode 10 has got some things in it. Okay, I mean, that's the best promo you can get right there. Okay, <laughs> let's support our network as well. Go Hulu! Coming up on NBA Today, Ramona, speaking of which, gives us an inside look on Robert Sarver's exit with the Suns and what's next for the organization. NBA Today rolls right along on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to NBA Today. Our very own Ramona Shelburne and Baxter Holmes released an article on ESPN.com detailing the seven days that led to Phoenix Suns owner Robert Sarver's stunning exit. And I'm joined now by the one and only Ramona Shelburne. And Ramona, after everything that has transpired over the last 10 months, what is the biggest reason that Sarver decided to sell? Well, the first time when Adam Silver had the Donald Sterling situation, he was able to just say, you're banned for life. It was clear cut. And on this one, he needed help. He needed Chris Paul, LeBron James, and he also needed the sponsors of the Phoenix Suns and in and around the league to come out and say, we're not going to be associated with the Suns as long as Robert Sarver is 
with the team. He still owns the team. And Back to Homes and I have this report where there was 30, about $30 million in sponsorship money that was still up for being renewed. And the Suns were trying to keep all those sponsors. One of the biggest things that happened behind the scenes was the CEO of PayPal, a man named Daniel Schulman, came out and issued a statement saying, uh, as we still support the NBA, the Suns, the community, but we are not going to renew our $3 million sponsorship if he is still associated with the team. That started the dominoes falling. And as somebody close to the situation told me that the walls were closing in on him. It, 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 was, it became financially harder to fight this for Robert Sarver than it would be to just sell the team. And that's why you saw in his statement, he said, I'm stepping aside essentially because this is what's best for the team and, and the organization. It became very expensive for him to keep to try to keep fighting. Yeah, and speaking of dominoes falling, this is something the NBA has sort of been dealing with. Mm -hmm. Robert Sarver joins Donald Sterling and Bruce Levinson yeah. of the Hawks as owners who have Ooh. either sold or been forced to sell their teams following allegations of misconduct all in the last eight Ooh. years. So, uh, Ramona, what is the league doing to prevent yeah. this type of misconduct well, moving forward? You know, we talked a lot about the options the NBA had to remove Donald Sterling and or Robert Sarver. The owners could have voted. It would have taken three-quarters of the owners in order to, to vote him out. And why didn't they go that route, right? That was, that was definitely an option and whether they have a vote. There's some element of it that people don't want their votes recorded because it will leak and then they'll have to answer for, answer for it one way or the other. The other side of that, though, is that the NBA Constitution has a clause, Article 13 in the Constitution, and there's about 10 reasons why they can justify voting an owner out. But this was written like 50 years ago and it hasn't been updated. None of those clauses pertain to somebody making statements that reflect poor poorly on the league or reflect poorly on the franchise. And it may, it may have been difficult for that to hold up in court had Robert Sarver challenged that kind of a vote. Um, after Donald Sterling was banned for life and decided to sell the team, there was talk of changing those clauses, of updating those clauses in the Constitution to make it either more specific, where it would say if you say something, it's a sort of a moral turpitude clause. It's a, it's a, uh, if you say something that reflects poorly on your company organization, it's very standard in a lot of contracts. But that's not what's actually in the NBA Constitution. They should have changed it after Sterling. They sort of let that die on the vine. They just like, they lost interest in changing that that part of the Constitution, mostly because he sold the team and made it easy for him. Um, they should have realized uh, it would come. I don't think anybody realized it was going to come back up two more times over the next eight years. Yeah, and I think the key that Ramona is saying is that putting that uh, written provision in is going to help the league moving forward handle mm -hmm. these situations. Uh, thank you, Ramona. I know it's mm -hmm. not easy work, but it's necessary work that you're doing. And there's no easy transition here because that's the most important aspects of how we grow the game and move the game forward. But I have to tell you that next Thursday we will have our first NBA preseason games on ESPN and the app. The Heat are in Brooklyn, where Malika is right now to take on the next at 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific. Then the Timberwolves square off against the Lakers in Las Vegas, the home of the Aces that just won a championship. Hey. That's like the sports universe right now. It's super excited. The, the countdown really gets our coverage started at 7 Eastern. Now, still to come on NBA Today, the champs have arrived in Japan. We check in ahead of their first preseason game on Friday. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. always had the duty of making tamales on Christmas. That was always my job to make sure, you know, the food was always worth it. And I can't eat, I cannot eat me fake Mexican food. I can't do it. Just because I'm so used to the real stuff, you know, authentic. I just cannot eat fake Mexican food.
Um, we always just, you know, celebrated the real Mexican Independence Day, September. Different stuff like that. I grew up watching Selena. I thought it was, I thought it was Selena. I couldn't speak Spanish, but I could sing in Spanish. And so, just little things like that, um, to just starting to carry over. We're going to Tokyo, baby. Get this season all started right. Road trip. Last time I was here, you know, winning the gold medal. But, you know, we're here to kick off the next tour. My man's right here. You see him? Make sure you get him. Yeah. As you just saw, the reigning champs landed in Japan yesterday because I know our time zones are on. I think it was like today for us, however that works. Ahead of their two <laughs> preseason games against the Wizards this weekend. It's actually the first NBA games overseas wow. since the pandemic started in February of 2020, so I'm excited. Mm. Uh, but that aside, Ramona, what are you most looking forward to <laughs> from the Warriors this season? Well, last year we saw them and they were hungry because they had not been there for a while. And I was joking with Steve Kerr the other day saying, hey, you know, you've had some short offs. You have, you have short off-season this year, but you had some long off-seasons before that. Let's see how the champs do coming back when they have a short off-season now, because they play deep into June. Perk, what about you? Uh, well, I mean, I would never count them out and never go against Steph Curry ever again in my life. <laughs> Let me say that first. But the good thing about them going to Japan is that they're able to get away from everything and everyone and just have each other to regroup, refocus, lock in. To build that camaraderie all over again, get that chemistry down, so they so that they could come back this season to to defend their title. Yeah, I definitely think the Dubs are in the stop and smell the roses aspects of their career. So good luck to them. Have fun in Japan. And Malika will check in with her tomorrow. This is NBA Today, and it's been real. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.